I'm a local loan officer in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been in the mortgage industry for the last eight years. I've worked in the industry throughout the country. I've closed over a thousand loans during my career, so I've seen it all. I'm on a mission to make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Welcome to Lending with Leah. This is the podcast for anyone thinking of potentially owning, in the process of buying, or even owns their own home. I feel like today is going to be rather magical because we're going to be talking about the housing market and why it hasn't crashed yet. Because I'm sure most of you listening, if not all of you, have heard from the media, your friend, Uncle Bob, his chihuahua. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I, I have jokes. I'm funny. <laughs> But you've heard from someone somewhere that the housing market is going to crash. Therefore, you have to wait to buy. But we've been hearing this for a hot minute now, and yet no housing crash. It hasn't happened yet. So why? Why hasn't this big crash happened? Why haven't home prices come down? Blah, 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 blah. Well... I'm going to break it down for you guys. And today's episode, I'm going to break into four different segments. The first one is going to be on what recessions historically have meant for mortgage rates and for the housing market, why today is different than 2008, and what are the current stats for the housing market as of right now. And then our fourth one, some lovely tips on how to navigate this housing market because the markets change. Just like the stock market, the housing market, the mortgage rates, they do this up and down and up and down, just like a roller coaster. And you gotta pivot. You know, I don't ever think one is worse or better than the other. It's just understanding it and understanding how to position yourself within that market to create opportunities. And so that's what we're gonna go over. We're gonna get down to the nitty gritty of it. I'm gonna help you guys truly understand what's going on, not listen to the media, not listen to your friend, but truly from an expert, what is going on in the, the housing market and how do we navigate today's market, okay? So let's jump right on in. Our first segment, what do recessions historically mean for the housing market and the mortgage market? Well, I know officially we have not had a recession called yet. That being said, we have hit nearly, if not every indicator for a recession. Some of these being inverted yield curves, Last year, we had two negative consecutive quarters of negative GDP. I think I butchered that a little bit, but you get what I mean. Uh, and so we've, we've hit these things, and there's a lot of other things, too, that are just little recessionary indicators. So we're going to focus primarily on the last six recessions that the United States has had. So 
What do home prices typically do during recessions? I think a lot of you might think that they go down during recessions. And it makes sense why most people would think this because 2008, home prices came down dramatically. And that's the recession everyone remembers. So I get it. It makes sense why we think home prices would come down just because, you know, that big recession that we really felt, because I'm sure most of you, I, you know, I know I was not working during that time, but I felt the impact that my family did. So my family lost jobs, we lost homes, and I think a lot of people, whether you were a child or an adult, felt some sort of impact from this recession. However, according to CoreLogic, let's go through each one of these sixes. So the recession in 1980, home prices rose 6.1%. Hmm, they didn't go down, they went up. Let's, let's look at the next one. In 1981, during that recession, they went up 3.5%. Oh, okay, so not going down. 1991 recession, now this one they did go down. Not a lot, but they did. So home prices did go down 1.9% during this recession. But we would not consider that a crash, or we would consider that more of a market correction. In 2001, home prices rose 6.6% during the recession. In 2008, this is the one we all remember, and I think this is why we think there's going to be a housing crash, because home prices went down 19.7%. That's a crash. That's a huge number, and we feel that. But then the recession in 2020, because during COVID, that was actually a official recession that was called, home prices rose 6%. And I think we all know what has happened to home prices over the last couple years between 2020 and today. So four out of the last six recessions, home prices went up. They didn't go down. And even out of the two that did go down, let's remember in 2008, the recession did not cause housing prices to go down. It was the crash that caused the recession, not vice versa. And the one back in 2000, or sorry, not 2000, 1991, almost 2% going down. This is just a little market correction, you guys. That is not a crash. That's, that's a, you know, kind of a normal up and down little cycle there. If I was a betting person, I would bet that if a recession gets called for 2023, I'm going to go ahead and bet home prices are going to go up, not down. Just based on history, history and simple statistics, we have greater than a 50% chance based on history for home prices to go up. Now, what about mortgage rates? So let's, let's break this down. According to Freddie Mac, who's one of the, as I like to call them, like overseers of conventional loans, in 1980, 
interest rates fell four and a quarter percent. Ooh. And in 1981, they fell 5%. 1991, they fell two and a quarter percent. In 2001, they fell a little over half a percent. In 2008, even with home prices going down, interest rates went down too. So in 2008, they went down 1.13%. And in 2020, we all know what happened to rates there. Those went down 1%. <laughs> so six out of the last six recessions, mortgage interest rates went down. Again, if I was a betting person, I would bet interest rates will come down if a recession is called for 2023. You guys will have to tune into next week's episode because in next week's episode, I'm actually going to go over everything with mortgage rates, how to understand mortgage rates, what are points, and forecasting rates for 2023. So make sure to tune into next week's episode too if you want a little more info on that. You have it. Like I said, recessionary periods typically tend to be good for mortgage, mortgage rates and for the housing market. So that's what I'm gonna go off. Now, why is today different from 2008? Because it feels the same Right? Because if we remember back in 2006, 2007, these home prices just, they just skyrocketed. And it was like, oh, they went up, they, it, it has to come down, it has to come down. So again, as humans, we're, we're all up in our feelings. And so this feels, 2023, it feels like 2008 because there are some similarities, right? Housing prices went through the roof. So we're all like, oh, it has to come down. This feels like 2008, so it's got to come down. But it's not. Just because there might be a similarity does not mean the whole situation is similar. And I'm going to break down why it's not. First, lending regulations. Let's start there because this... This is definitely, I live in this realm, lending regulations. Pre-08, anyone could get a loan. Anyone could get a loan for almost any amount. And there was a lot of really shady lending practices going on. There was a lot of really bad loans being done, adjustable rate mortgages, balloon payments, first and seconds, people aren't putting any money down. Mix that too, there's a lot of really crooked mortgage loan officers, real estate agents, and home appraisers during this period. So it's a big reason now too why as a, as a lender, legally, I cannot contact an appraiser. So everything has to be done through a third-party appraisal management company. It's like playing telephone. I call up the management company. Hey, can you tell the appraiser this? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Mr. Appraiser, the lender says this, and then the appraiser contacts the you know the management company, and they're like, tell the lender this, and the appraisal management company's like, hey, lender, and it just goes back and forth. It's obnoxious, it's annoying, but 2008 is why. So again, it's today. It is so much more difficult to get a mortgage than it used to be back in 2007, 2008. We're much more heavily, heavily, heavily regulated. And it's just tougher. Like even today, I actually, I got on a call with a head of underwriting with one of my lenders because I thought I had an underwriter that was being just a little overly picky and zealous on some items my buyer was providing. So I called and I'm like, you know, what is going on? There's no reason to be this picky. And we had a very nice talk where he was telling me like, no, Leah, the the investors, that's gonna be Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Ginny, which is FHAVA, they're cracking down. So they're getting really tough. There's less room for flexibility. Credit is what, what we call tightening. It's harder to get a loan. And so when it's harder to get a loan, you're going to have more qualified clients getting loans. This is going to help when it comes to default rates. So that right there, huge difference. Another one, housing supply. But just gonna simply look at supply and demand. So back in 2008, the supply was high, like really high, and our demand was low. So there was not enough people out there to buy the amount of homes on the market. Simple supply and demand, when it's like this, right when the supply is high and the demand's low, prices come down, typically. Mix that with poor lending regulations and people defaulting who can't make these payments on these loans. It was just a disaster waiting to happen. Well, in today's market, the scales aren't even balanced. We're in a oh, completely the other way. The demand is high and the inventory, the supply is low. Any of you out there right now that are starting your search for homes, you probably are finding it slightly difficult to find a home that meets your needs and wants, and especially in the budget you wanna be within. I know a lot of my clients are struggling with, with this, just being able to find homes. And two, right now, part of the reason there's not more sales is because there's just not enough supply. There's just not enough. And there would be even more demand if rates came down, but the higher interest rates right now do keep some of that demand at bay a little bit, just because as rates go up, not everyone unfortunately can afford to buy a home. But rates come down, <laughs> that pool of potential buyers is gonna open up a lot. So again, that's another reason why today, very different from 2008. And foreclosures, let's, let's talk on 
foreclosures a little bit because this is another one where the media likes to point out foreclosures are on the rise. They're on the rise. They went up blah, blah, blah percent. They're going up. We're crashing. You guys, let's think about this. Let me take you back a couple years in time. 2020, COVID, and so let's let's put this in rent perspective, right? If you're renting, remember how they put a freeze on evictions? Hmm, they did the same thing with foreclosures. Just as there was an eviction freeze, there was a freeze on foreclosures. So there was a period here, about a year and a half, two years, where banks could not foreclose on people. So it makes sense now that that's gone, that foreclosures would tick up a little bit because there's not a freeze placed on it anymore. That being said, if you look at where foreclosures were pre-pandemic and now post-pandemic after the freeze, they're still below pre-pandemic levels. So we still have a very, very healthy foreclosure or default, whatever you want to call it, delinquent mortgage mortgages. It's not that bad. It's just we couldn't do it before and now we can do it now. So of course they're going to go up a little bit. And it's, you got to look at the whole picture, not just the, the story of the flashing lights that the media wants to tell you. Uh, one of the other things too with foreclosures, difference between 08 and today. Back in 08, most people did not have equity in their homes or they had negative equity in their homes. Yeah, and part of that had to do with the lending practices, right? You were doing firsts and you were doing seconds. And so people really weren't putting money down and you get it, the whole shebang. Well, now people have a lot of equity in their homes, you guys, a lot of equity. And it's much easier to walk away from a home when you don't have any skin in the game. But if you have... I don't know, 30,000 plus equity in your home, you're gonna fight a little bit harder to keep your home instead of letting it go to foreclosure. So just keep that in mind too, you guys. People have a lot more worth fighting for than they did pre-08. And these are some of the really big differences between now and then. Uh, and in my opinion, it supports that there's not going to be a housing crash. At least not this year. Who knows? Maybe aliens will fall from the sky or something else will happen. But based on the data data, data that we have now, I, I don't see anywhere in the data that supports a housing crash. Okay. So what about the housing market today? Where are we at? Because... I hear, as a lender, from a lot of people, oh my gosh, so many people, we're waiting for the bottom because home prices did come down a little bit. We did have a market correction. 
So let me go and again, your specific area and location is going to vary, but we're just gonna talk overall country for simplicity's sake. Home prices peaked in June of 2022, so a little over a year ago. And then they came down some from that. And so everyone's like, the home prices are coming down, they're coming down. We're gonna wait, we're gonna wait, we're gonna time it, we're gonna get the bottom when the prices come down. I hate to break it to you. I hate to be the one that has to deliver this news. If you were waiting for the bottom, it's long gone. And let me explain why. Because I like to do a little bit of uh, research for you guys before I come on the on the show. So forgive me, I wrote down all of my statistics here and bear with me as I just like view off data to you guys. But home appreciation. There are five main home appreciation reports that are currently out there. Case-Shiller, FHFA, CoreLogic, Black Knight, and Zillow. Now, when I look at home appreciation, I want to look at all five of these. The reason I wanna do that is because each one has a different method that they use to calculate home appreciation. So I think I get a much better picture of where the market is at looking at all five than just focusing on one. And as I read this off, you'll get it because they do vary. And so if you're just focusing on one of them, you can more easily manipulate a story to match your viewpoint. Versus if you look at all five, I think you get a much clearer or better idea of the overall picture. Now, some of these reports do lag a little bit. So Case Schiller, FHFA only have January through April out. CoreLogic and Black Knight have January through May of 2023 out. And Zillow has all the way from January to June. So keep that in mind. For January, on a month-over-month basis, Case Schiller, CoreLogic, and Zillow both did see in January home prices come down a little bit, anywhere between negative 0.1 to negative 0.2% down. FHFA and Black Knight actually saw an increase by 0.1% in January for home appreciation. Well, January of 2023, you guys, is the only, the only month this entire year with any negative home appreciation value. February, March, April, May, and June, for what's available for all five home appreciation reports, have showed month over month increases in home appreciation. Now, if I take what's currently out there for each one, and again, remember, a couple of these are only out through April, some for May, one for June. But if I annualize the home appreciation rates, Case Shiller, based on our current data, would show a 2.7% 
annualized rate of home appreciation. FHFA would show 6.6%. CoreLogic would show a whopping 10.32% in home appreciation. Black Knight, 5.28%. And Zillow at 9.4%. So if we're rounding <laughs> between all of these reports, we're going to be anywhere based on the current data between 3 to 10% home appreciation for 2023. And remember how I said we peaked in June of 2022? Three out of the five home appreciation reports, FHFA, Black Knight, and Zillow, are all three now reporting higher home prices than the peak in 2022. That means three out of these five reports, we have new peaks from even last year. If you were waiting for the bottom, it's gone. And it's been gone for a few months. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but that's, that's it. And it makes sense though. Like if you go back, you look at past recessions, again, Four out of six home prices rose. We're not officially in a recession yet, but kind of are or close to one. It kind of makes sense, you guys, that home prices would go up. Again, also look at supply and demand. So supply is low, demand is high. Simple, like just simple, easy supply and demand also supports home prices rising. One of the other points I want to touch on here is the difference between median home price and home appreciation. Because this is another media one you might hear. So median home price went down. Okay, that doesn't mean home values went down because what, let's go back to like elementary school math. What is a median? A median is simply the middle number in a group of data. So let's go real simple. Let's say we had three homes sell. One home sold at 300,000, another sold at 500,000, and another sold at a million. We take the middle one. 500,000 would be our median home price. Okay. But what if the next month we sold a home for 300,000? a second one at 300,000 and a third one at a million. The median home price would then be 300,000. Does that mean home prices went down though? No, it just means that out of that month or out of that period, the data, the homes that were sold, there was just more homes that sold on the lower end than the higher end. But that doesn't mean the home prices actually went down. This is why it's so important to differentiate between home appreciation and uh, <laughs> median home price. I forgot what I was gonna say there. Home appreciation, median home price. That's why you gotta differentiate the two. Okay, I just threw a lot of information at you guys as far as where the market is at. But I know all my listeners, I know you guys are all super smart cookies 
And if there's anything I've talked about, too, in these episodes that you guys didn't understand, let me tell you. I have a whole slew of previous episodes. Just go find the topic you want to hear more about. Listen to that. I do deep dives on many, many, many different topics in the housing market, in the lending sphere. So just go take a listen. But I don't want to just leave you guys today with the data, right? It's like, here's the data. And you're like, oh, thanks. I don't know. What do I do with this? Like, how do... So let's break out some tips and some different things you guys can be doing to navigate this market. The first one, do not believe everything the media, your friend, your uncle or his chihuahua have to say to you guys. Unless they are experts in the housing market, in the mortgage market, do not listen to them. It's complicated. There's a lot of moving parts to it. Get your advice from an expert you trust. That's a big thing. And again, I don't just mean just go find some Joe Schmo loan officer or some Joe Schmo real estate agent and get all the advice from them. No, do your research. Like, figure out who the expert is out there. Who do you align with? Who do you trust? and seek them out for advice. Tip two, we put so much emphasis right now on mortgage rates. They're high, they're high, they're high, they're high. Okay, yes, they're high, I get it. I would much rather give you a rate in the twos than the sevens or the sixes, I get it. But let's stop thinking of shopping for a house by rate. And let's shop for a house like we would shop for a car. Who goes car shopping and is like, I'm only going car shopping if car interest rates are at 3%. No one, no one does that. Everyone says, I'm gonna go car shopping and I'm gonna buy that car if I can get a payment at $500 a month. Great. Do the same thing with your house. Shop based on payment. Forget the rate, forget the high rate because rates, they do this. They go up and down, up and down. And there's always a potential to refinance. Check out the episode I did a few weeks back, refi, sell or stay, oh my. (laughs) And I break down some different ways and reasons as to whether you should refinance or not but there's always an opportunity if rates come down to take advantage of a lower rate with a refinance. So again, focus on the payment. If you are like, you know, I'm comfortable spending $2,500 per month, make sure to have that conversation with your loan officer and your real estate agent, and your loan officer can actually build you a price point based on your area, based on the type of home you wanna be in, if you want HOA dues or not, they can build you an approval. And as long as we're approved for that payment too, that that's a key as well. And they can say, hey, if you wanna spend 2,500 a month, you need to be shopping for homes that are between 300 and 350,000. 
great. Now you know. And then you work with your real estate agent and you only go see homes in that price point you want to be at. Shop based on your payment. Yes, it's still important to get a good rate, you guys. Get the best rate that you can. But make sure you're comfortable with that payment. Because if you never refinance, if rates never come down, at least you know you're going to be at a payment you're comfortable with. Tip three, open your search up to condos, townhomes, and manufactured homes. I know most of us want the three, two single family home. I get it. That's the American dream. I, I understand. I have a single family home. I love my single family home, but home prices are high. Interest rates are high. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat that. So maybe looking at some other property types that might be a little less expensive, it's a great place to start, get your foot in the door, and build equity. You don't have to stay there forever. You can move, but at least you own it. You have that security of, you know, most of you guys, a fixed interest rate. You don't have to worry about rent or your landlord kicking you out and you're building equity over time. Use that as a starting point until you can get to the point where you can get that single family home. And my last tip of the day, consider a renovation loan. There's not a lot of inventory on the market. So I get it. It's probably hard finding something that you want to be in, but what you can do instead, find a little, you know, dump, something that's not that great, but has potential. Talk to your real estate agent and your loan officer about doing a renovation loan. You can actually finance the cost of the renovation into the mortgage and then take that dumpy home that is not what you really wanted and transform it to what you wanted. You. With a renovation loan, I think of this as like, you are creating your inventory. Remember what I said at the beginning of this episode? No market's bad or good. It's just understanding how to position yourself within the market to take advantage of the opportunities. Most people don't want the dumps, so there's probably also gonna be less competition on the dumps, probably more likely to get a good deal. And if you can finance all the cost of the renovation into your normal mortgage, you guys, why not? I know it's a little more work, but a little more work to get your dream home or you want to sit and compete for the dream home that's like everyone's dream home because there's only one dream home on the market right now. I know what I would do. I would take a little bit more work and make my own dream home. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. I hope you found it educational, empowering. Um, (laughs) I hope you found it educational and empowering. And I would love for you guys to follow, subscribe. I also have an email, lendingwithleah at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you guys. What do you want to learn more about? What topics interest you? And you can follow me on all the socials as well. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, all Lending with Leah. 
I want to hear from you guys. And remember, tune in to next week's episode because we're going to be going over mortgage rates and our forecast for 2023. Thanks, everyone.